Thank you for joining the podcast of East Bay Bible Fellowship. We're located at 1361 High Street in the city of Alameda, California. For more information and service times, please visit our website at ebbfellowship.com. That's ebbfellowship.com. Thank you and God bless. So, let's get right into the Word of the Lord. Amen. Book of Matthew, chapter 21. I feel really good about what uh, the Lord has given us this morning. Uh, Matthew 21. So good to have Oscar and his sister. Amen. <laughs> Here with us. Amen. God bless them. Amen. They're from San Diego, but they came up, they came down from Seattle. Amen. Uh, we've done that drive. I'm a, I might have to do that drive in just a few hours. So, uh I know that one really well, and um, praise God. So, uh, good to have them with us. Matthew chapter 21 and verse number 22. Everybody say amen when they're there. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. And everyone say amen. amen. And I want to talk to you just for a few moments on this very simple subject. Believing God for the possible. Amen. Believing God for the possible. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful. It is quick and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, to the piercing and the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. God, I pray that you would open up our minds and our hearts to receive your word. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. And everyone shout amen. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. Verses like the one we are reading this morning are some of the most comforting verses in the Bible for when we find ourselves in circumstances in circumstances which seem insurmountable. It is verses like the one that we just read that we will often use to console ourselves that the impossible is in fact possible. Faith in God has many different shapes, forms, and textures. One of the qualities that faith has in all of its different modes, however, is the belief that God can do the impossible, or what we might call the miraculous. Faith in miracles is not only needful uh, from a biblical perspective, it is necessary. Scripturally, we can not escape the fact that the Bible unapologetically tells us that God has, that God will, and that God does do things that defy the constraints of the natural world. There is nothing wrong with exercising faith in this way. In my opinion, faith in the impossible and that God can do anything, amen, is one of the most beautiful responses that a human being can give when faced with some of life's ugliest misfortunes. Amen. There are a lot of people that scoff and mock at Christianity and at its faith that God can do the impossible. But when you really stop and you think about it, we have a much better remedy and response for the question marks of life than anything out there. I remember several years ago, my mom used to work for the AIDS Foundation and uh, every night right around eight o'clock, our phone line would turn into the AIDS hotline for the San Francisco Bay Area. 
And I remember several times my mom receiving phone calls of people who were now faced with an incurable disease and in the last stages of life. And many of them, believe it or not, when they knew they were faced with the impossible, they did not pray. Many of them would go on shoplifting sprees. Many of them would steal cars. Many of them would jump off bridges. Many of them would go on to commit heinous acts and crimes and you name it because they had no better response against the impossible. Amen. I'll tell you this right now, being able to, amen, face some horrible circumstances and situations and say, I'm believing God for better. I'm believing God for this to turn around is a much healthier response. Amen. To life's anxieties and to life's misfortunes. Can you say amen? In fact, uh, we know that this is a great response. In fact, the Apostle James talking about people who endure much suffering and pain. He says in James 5 and 11, he says, we count them happy, which endure such things. In other words, uh, he's, he, is, he is addressing uh, something that we all believe on, every, on some certain level. And that is that when people believe in God, that quiet force that emerges from that is the, is the best possible response that a human being can give. All right. Can you say amen? But what I would like to talk to you about today is the often neglected side of faith. Amen. And that is the side of faith which not only believes God for the impossible, but for the possible. Amen. Amen. We always talk about utilizing faith for the things that are impossible, those things that would defy time and nature. Amen. But I want to talk to you about believing God for the things that are possible. Because healthy faith believes God for the things which we could do without Him. Good, healthy, biblical, Christian God-based faith not only believes God for, amen, the miraculous, it believes God in the common and in the everyday. Amen. Hallelujah. There are things that we have to determine in our minds if we're going to ever get a grasp of healthy faith. Amen. And one of those things is that we refuse to do things without God. It doesn't matter how mundane or common they may seem. For us, God is at the center of everything. Amen. We don't just believe God for the impossible. We believe God for the possible. Amen. Uh, you can go to work without God. Billions of people do it every single day. But I'm not going to do it. Hallelujah. Amen. I could check in at the job. Amen. With, without praying. Without whispering. Amen. Any kind of praise or worship to God. But I'm not going to do that. Amen. Perhaps millions and billions of people. Amen. Go about their everyday life never speaking to God. But that's not the way we're going to do things. Amen. Hallelujah. Perhaps you can even avoid a divorce. Uh, you can avoid a divorce without God. Amen. Um, and I, I think I think we do ourselves a misfortune when we think that Christians are the only people, amen, with happy marriages. Amen. I, I believe there are people who do not worship God. I believe there are people who may maybe don't even believe in God. They're not going to end up horribly divorced and committing acts of adultery. They're going to be able to keep their marriage. And, uh, and perhaps you can even do that. Amen. And perhaps you can even have a decent marriage. Amen without God, but I'm not going to do that. Hallelujah. I'm going to have God in the center of my marriage. I'm going to have God, amen, in my life. Amen. There might be all kinds of people out there, amen, that can do it without God, but I don't want to do it without God. Perhaps I can even do it without God, but I'm not going to do it without God. I can apply for a new job without God, but I'm not going to do it without God. Hallelujah. I can can probably pay my bills without God, but I'm not going to do it. Hallelujah. I'm going to put my bills out before the Lord. I'm still 
I'm still old school like that. I still believe in putting the bills on the table. Hallelujah. When times get rough, laying your hands on those things and praying. Amen. Jesus, you said that you would bless us when we tithe. You said you would bless us when we give offerings. You said you would open up the windows of heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. I've got news for you. You don't just need money and calculators. Amen. You need a blessing from the Lord. Hallelujah. There's not, The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and it addeth no sorrow with it. Hallelujah. Can you shout amen? Amen. Praise God. My faith doesn't only make room for God when I don't know what to do. My faith doesn't leave room to do anything without God. Hallelujah. There are some people's faith that, amen, it, 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 it opens the doors wide. Amen. I've been there as a pastor and as a preacher where I have to go visit people at the last stages of their life. People who never thought that God was that important. People that never thought that church was that big of a deal. Amen. And now they find themselves in the last stages of their life. And all of a sudden, amen, the doors are wide open. Amen. To go talk to them. And, uh, and, and thank God for that. However, that's not the way I want to live. Hallelujah. I want God to be central in everything I do. I don't want the hospital room to be the first time I believe in God. I don't want, to be, I don't want the hospital room or a jail cell or a courtroom to be the first time I actually exercise faith in God. Amen. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, when, and every marriage goes through hard times. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Every marriage goes, amen. That was a small amen. I said every marriage goes through hard times. Can you shout hallelujah? I know we got a lot of single folks, but you can shout. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Every marriage goes through hard times. Every marriage, amen, uh, might doubt itself and question itself. And, you know, I, I, I thank God for the people who can get get up and say, me and my wife have never had a cross word. Well, God bless you. Amen. But that, I, I would say you are in the minority. Amen. Uh, but the truth of the matter is that every marriage does go through hard times. But when you are at the lowest, amen, God forbid, that's the first time you ever, amen, really decide that God, amen, could have made things better. Amen. I I, I don't want to be estranged from God. I don't, I don't want to leave God out of the picture. Amen. And I don't want God just to be the God I call on when I need a miracle. I want God to be the God that I call on, that I live, that I pledge allegiance to, amen, every single day, even in the mundane, even in the everyday, amen, even in the common, hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, can I tell you that when you put God at the center of everything you do, you'll be shocked at everything God can do, All right. hallelujah, when you put God at the center of everything you do, amen, you'll be shocked at all the things God can do, amen, when you, when you decide, you know what, I'm not going to work, I'm not raising these kids, I'm not, I'm not managing this marriage, I'm not, amen, I'm not paying these bills, I, nothing that I can do within my, with, within my own power am I going to do without God, you'll be shocked at all the amazing things that God will do in your life, amen. when you become a bonafide 24-7 365 Jesus worshiper hallelujah where Jesus is in everything hallelujah where Jesus is in your a.m. and your p.m. amen where Jesus amen is goes with you to the job amen whether you drive or you take part amen when Jesus is with you on the bike and when Jesus is with you alone with the kids when Jesus is is a part of everything you do amen Jesus will begin to do amazing things in your life hallelujah hallelujah praise God hallelujah 
Amen. And I want to talk to you about some, some miracles in the Bible. Amen. Some things that were very possible that God did in fact do. Uh, and sometimes I think we just need to be reminded of, of, of the things that God can do. The possible things. Amen. 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 The, the things that are very much within. Amen. All of our reach. You know, you know, when you read the Bible, Jesus and Peter, and you know, really not even Peter at the end of the day, but Jesus was the only guy that walked on water. Amen. Uh, you, those, those are not everyday miracles that everybody gets to participate in. But there are some everybody miracles. Amen. There are some things that God would like to do for all of us. Some things in, in, in the more, amen, common sectors of our lives. Amen. Uh-huh. Psalms 133 and 11. Amen. We all know this verse. I'm not sure. Amen. That, uh, including myself. I, I, I really didn't always understand what it meant until recently. But Psalms 133 and 1. Excuse me. It says, behold. Amen. Or look. Amen. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Can I tell you that it is very possible for God to reunite families? Amen. 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 We, 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 we love to quote this psalm. Amen. When we, when we all get together in church. But uh, when you do a deep uh, uh, study of this psalm. Recently I, I, I took a short course on the psalms uh, of the Bible and, and Hebrew literature. And um, the, the, uh, the professor said something amazing about this particular verse. He said you have to remember that this is what we would call a post-exilic psalm. In other words the Jews were exiled. Amen. Into Babylon. He said and when they returned. Amen. To Jerusalem. Amen. They begin to write a whole new set of songs or psalms. And here this psalm says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity or as a unit. Amen. Or some translations even say, behold, how good it is for brethren just to dwell together. And what 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 the professor said, this verse amen, is alluding to is the idea that here were these people that were scattered throughout the nations with theologians and, 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 and historians now called the diaspora. Amen. They were scattered throughout the world. Amen. Families separated, people split apart, people taken from their families, children from their parents, uh-huh. amen, parents from their children, brothers and sisters, siblings, amen. We've even seen this somewhat in our own time in the Holocaust, how, how Jews were taken down to Germany and slaughtered by the millions, many of them separated from their families, amen. And this is exactly what happened in Babylon. But when they all begin to migrate back into Jerusalem, all of a sudden uncles and aunts find each other, all of a sudden brothers and sisters find each other. Parents and children find each other. And the psalmist says behold how good and how pleasant it is for families to come back together. And why is this, how does this apply to us today brother Prado? Perhaps we're not enduring exile. Perhaps we're not going through death marches and death camps. Amen. But I want you to know there are, there are some of us who our families are so scattered. They're so fractured. They're so splintered that we think to ourselves it would be impossible for God to ever reunite us and bring us back together. Amen. Under one roof. Well, I got news for you. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible can bring families back together and bring them back into unity. Hallelujah. And if you don't do me, if you don't believe me, amen, do me a favor and just take a little, uh, a little walk through the book of Genesis. I think no other book, amen, and the whole Bible uh, uh, proves this point better than the book of Genesis. Because the book of Genesis is about a bunch of families with blended families, uh, mixed marriages, several wives, amen, all kinds of, uh, and I'm just going to be very graphic because there's not a lot of kids here today. But you got families where there was incest and rape and murder and death and all kinds of things. 
things. And somehow in it all, God keeps bringing these families back together again. God keeps reuniting people back together again. He brings quarreling siblings back together again. Amen. He brings, amen. Uh, he heals wounds of hatred and heals, amen, the scars of rape and heals the scars. Amen. Come on, somebody. That's the Bible. Amen. I'm not making this stuff up. That's the word of God. Amen. And, and because sometimes we look at all the ugly trash that's happened in our families and we think God can't do this. Amen. This is possible. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to believe God for the possible. Amen. God can heal your siblings. God can heal your parents. God can heal your grandparents. God can do miracles. Come on, somebody. Help me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm, I'm reminded of. Amen. One of our mutual friends, amen, uh, you know, I, I, I absolutely detest, amen, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, even our own people, we, you know, we read these statistics and these polls, amen, about, about Christianity and its function. You know, let me tell you something, when the Holy Ghost is in the mix, amen, polls don't necessarily apply to us, hallelujah. Amen. We can look at all the statistics and numbers we want, amen, but at the end of the day, when the Holy Ghost is in the mix, amen, you better believe God, amen, hallelujah. And uh, but there's there's all these polls and all these stats that say that after a person reaches a certain age, their chances of being converted go down dr drastically, and in some cases are nil. Hallelujah! But I, I'm reminded of a friend of ours, Amen, who brought her grandmother, Amen, at the late age of 80 plus or whatever, Amen. Uh, she brought her into church, Hallelujah. We prayed her through the Holy Ghost, Amen. She got baptized in Jesus, and she spoke in tongues, and she did die, Amen, just a short time after. But but God did the possible. Hallelujah. Amen. God wasn't bound by statistics and polls. Amen. God wasn't bound by culture and norms. God didn't care that she had been a Catholic her whole life. God didn't care that she was now in the late stages of her life. God didn't care that she wasn't all there. Hallelujah. God was all there. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Amen. Acts 16 and 14, the Bible talks to us about a woman named Lydia. And um, the Bible says that Lydia was a maker of purple. Uh, I, 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 I take Latin classes, not Latin as in Spanish, but Latin as in the Greek, the, the ancient language. And uh, I remember as I was uh, the other day, I was reading through my Latin book. And um, they were talking about how that the Greeks would wear these tunics, these, uh, I forget, these togas is what they call them. But, um, but the, the togas had certain patterns and designs on them. And uh, anybody who had a, a toga with a purple stripe through it meant that they were of the highest uh, class. I mean, it was, it was, that was Gucci, you know, it was just, that was the, the Gucci of the Greek world. And, and so Lydia here is a, she, she makes Gucci. Hallelujah. She is the Gucci. She's the Gucci mom. Amen. And she's, she, she is a maker of purple. Lydia was no, was no broke, broke soul. Amen. Lydia was a very wealthy woman. She was very uh, posh. Amen. She was, she was, uh, uh, she was she was making these purple togas. Amen. Uh, she was definitely connected because only the, the only the only people that could afford these expensive togas were politicians and wealthy people. And she was out there selling and, and mingling with these kinds of people. But she was the kind of person that many of us would say, I can't talk to her. Amen. She she is unreachable. But can I tell you, it's very possible Amen. for people of even the upper echelons of society. Amen. To have needs, to have desperate wants to have, amen, unquenchable thirst, amen, for something more in life. Hallelujah. You've got to believe God for the possible. Don't let nobody's Gucci Prada or anything else keep you from talking to them when God tells you to talk 
talk to them. The Bible says, amen, the Bible says this. The Bible says, and God opened up the heart of Lydia. Amen. It did not, it didn't say they had to convince her. It didn't say they had to go into an apologetical discourse. It didn't say, amen, that they had to persuade her. It didn't say that they had to come in wearing purple too to let her know we're just as rich as you. It was none of that. It was God who opened up the heart of Lydia. And the minute the heart of Lydia opened up, hallelujah. Amen. We still believe that for God to open up somebody's heart is very possible. That's not impossible. That's very possible. Amen. God is not necessarily performing. Amen. Some what we might call some supernatural act or feat. Amen. God is doing something very much within the range of the possible. Amen. God can touch somebody's heart. Amen. And, 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 and their money can't stop it. Amen. And, the, and their social class can't stop it. And the people they surround themselves can't stop it. Amen. And when God opened up Lydia's heart, the Bible says that night she was baptized. Amen. And her whole family. Hallelujah. She brought every purple wearing toga member of her family into the water in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody. I'm, 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 I'll preach in here and I'll believe it. Amen. To the core of my soul. I know that condescending towards men of low estate. The Bible tells us to help the poor. I'm all for that 100%. But we don't have a problem believing God for that. We have a problem believing that God can go up the ladder. Hallelujah. Hey, God can go up the ladder. He can go down the ladder. Hallelujah. With God. Amen. These things are possible. Amen. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, I picked up Cameron yesterday, last night at the airport, amen, and they went on a little, they were in Los Angeles, I'm not trying to steal your thunder, (laughs) they were out in Los Angeles and Cameron was was out there handling some things, but he told me they went on a little celebrity sightseeing tour, and uh, and, and, you know, we, we think of people... Amen. In these these heights of, of society is is having no spiritual needs or or you know how how foolish of us uh-huh. to think that because somebody has fame and money that they are satisfied uh-huh. to the point where they may not cry at night right. to the point where they may not beg God for something simpler uh-huh. or to the point where they you you have no idea what somebody's past is you have no idea who might have been raised in a pew you have no idea who's flying in their private jet right now sobbing Amen hoping that God would love them and reach out to them and send somebody their way. Don't you ever be quiet just because somebody lives in a big tower. Amen. Don't you ever be quiet. Amen. If you meet a celebrity, hallelujah, and I hope you meet several of them. Amen. You tell them about Jesus. Don't just, don't just, don't just try to sneak in a flick and a, and a selfie. Amen. Tell them, hey, can I get your attention just for a few seconds? Hallelujah. I want to talk to you about something. Somebody say, praise God. Amen. I just, I, I don't want to have boundaries and borders in my mind. I want, I want to be sold out in what I'm doing. I want to be sold out about what I'm doing, but I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'll talk to him on that. I'll talk to scientists. I'll talk to paupers. I'll talk to rich. I'll talk to the poor. I'll talk to anything that moves. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't care if it's alive and it has a soul. I'm going to talk to it. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell it about Jesus. I'm going to tell it. Amen. That that God can forgive them of their sins. Can you shout amen? Amen. Why? Because God can open the hearts of men. Amen. Matthew 27 and 32. The Bible talks to us about a man named Simon, a Cyrene. Simon, Cyrene is actually a region of northern Africa. And uh, we, are, we are in this chapter and verse, we are in Jerusalem. And Jesus is going up, amen, to be crucified. And he's carrying a big cross. And, uh, and he's, 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 he's as weak as it gets. And he's as fragile as it comes. His body is beaten, amen, and his brow is bloody. And Jesus 
falls to the ground. Amen. Under the weight. And just most estimates say that these T-bars, these crosses could weigh at minimum 100, 120 pounds. And which which may or may not seem a lot like a lot to some people. But when you've been beat, you're dehydrated and you're hanging on for dear life. That's very heavy. And he falls face first to the ground. No doubt uh, uh, that fall by itself was painful. And here is this man, Simon Cyrene, a Jew from Africa. Amen. From uh, from 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 a far land who comes to Jerusalem, as many Jews do and still do. And he comes to Jerusalem. And he's just walking by. And uh, as, as we might say in modern terms, he's minded in his own business. And a Roman soldier stops him and says, you're going to help that man carry that cross. And uh, uh, Simon puts his things down. He was obligated. Most of us here are probably familiar with the verse where it talks about if somebody asks you to go one mile, go with them twain. Well, that was a Roman law. A Roman soldier could pull you over at any time and tell you to do something and you had to do it. And Jesus responds to this. He says, if they do that to you, you go twain. You, you double up on it. You do whatever they tell you and then some. Amen. Um, but this, this, was, this was Roman law that they could pull aside any citizen and command them to do what they asked. And so they tell Simon, Simon, you're going to help this bloody man carry that cross. And uh, we don't know because the scripture doesn't say. We don't know if, if Simon uh, uh, squawked at this or if he was uh, 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 hesitant. We don't know. But we do know that he helped Jesus. Amen. And uh, why are you preaching this, uh, Pastor? I'm preaching this because I want you to know, amen, that it is very possible for God to send you friends at the lowest points of your life. Uh-huh. Amen. I want you to know, you know, the Bible says that God looked at Adam and uh, he didn't say, man, he's got me. That should be enough. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that God looked at Adam and said, it is not good. Mm-hmm. For man to be alone. He didn't look at Adam and say, Adam, you don't need nobody. It's me and you, bro. Be strong. Quit hugging that tree. Uh, that, that's, that's not what God did. God said, you need somebody. You need somebody. And there's times, amen, yes, we have God. Yes, we pray. Yes, we're going down to the church. Yes, we're faithful. Yes, we're committed. But we're tired. We're beat. We're going through things where we have we have unhealthy dialogues or monologues in our minds. We're tormented. We're afflicted. We do not know what to do. We cannot escape the arguments in our own minds. We're paranoid. We're afraid. We're concerned about everything around us. And can I tell you that at those moments of your life, God, it's very possible. This is not impossible. This is very possible for God to send somebody down your road, for God to send somebody to get under the load with you. Amen. And pick you up a little bit. Hallelujah. And help you finish your race. Come on, somebody. That's good preaching. Amen. Amen. I still believe God. I, I still believe God makes divine connections. I still believe God sends the right people to your life at the right time. Amen. Hallelujah. I still believe God. Amen. I'm, I'm, amen. I, every time, I, I don't mind bragging about it. Amen. About how when we ran into Sarah at Target. Amen. She just started working there. Amen. And uh, her and, and her and Brother Will had been talking about, amen, trying to find a good church. Amen. And, and here Jamie is walking down the aisles of Target. And, and, and Sarah recognized her and said, 
Jamie, amen, hallelujah. And uh, we've known Sarah since she was a kid, amen. But but here she is. That's a, that's a God connection, hallelujah. That's a God friendship, amen. You know, amen, sometimes when we're under the heavy loads of life, sometimes when we're just trying to, amen, scratch out a living and make it, amen, and we're not sure all what to do, hallelujah, God will send friends your way. Good friendships, hallelujah. Amen, people that are not out to get you. People that aren't just talking to you because they want something, amen. But people that God has divinely sent your way. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to you. I mean, I'm talking to somebody. If you haven't been there yet, just hold on. There's going to come a day when you're going to wonder, amen, where are all my friends? I'm not talking about the people that follow you on Facebook. I'm not talking about your Instagram pals. I'm not talking, amen, about your followers on Twitter. I'm talking about people that God, they may, they may not be your color. They may not be your race. They may not be your age. They may hardly speak good English. Hallelujah. But God will send them into your life to bless you. God will send them into your life to help you. God will send them into your life to pick you up, to get under that heavy burden and help you lift. Oh, come on, let's magnify Jesus right now. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, lift your hands right now. I'm, I'm preaching to somebody. Hallelujah. God is talking to somebody right now. Oh, you've been, you've been having some loneliness in your life. Hallelujah. And, 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 and I'm, I'm here to tell you by, by divine mandate, hallelujah, that God is going to send a friend your way. God is going to send a person your way to help you pray, to help you get under your burden, to help you get under the load. Hallelujah. Amen. And carry that thing all the way. Hallelujah. hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, this is, this is not part of my message, but let me tell you this. I am not preaching to you. That you are not going to go all the way with your cross. Uh-huh. Yeah. Come on. You know, at some point, the difference between mediocre and great is that you are able to operate at a level of stress that breaks most folk. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. There are levels of stress that crack people. Mm-hmm. Right. The Bible says it. At some point, God is going to say, "You know what? I don't." And I, listen, I am, I am so big on, you know, gender distinction and all these things. But let me say this. At some point, girl, you're going to have to get up. <laughs> no matter how dainty, how, how whatever, how pretty, how, how gentle, how manicured, whatever. You're going to have to get up and fight. All right. And you're going to have to operate at a level of stress that cracks most women. And gentlemen, there's going to come a time in all our lives where it's just man land all the way. And we're going to have to operate at a level of intensity and pain that cracks most people. That makes most people give up. Because you know what? I mean, I feel the Holy Ghost. When you can, when you can survive that, however you survive it, and sometimes the way you survive it is not just on your own strength, but on the strength of others helping you carry that thing. You will turn around and help somebody else carry that thing. And God says, I need an army of people that can endure. I need an army of people that are not overcome with cowardice, weakness, hallelujah. And I know it seems like I might be talking this machismo. I'm not talking about machismo. I'm talking about good old-fashioned grit. I'm talking about good old-fashioned endurance. I'm talking about good old-fashioned, you know what? I'm going to be a woman. I'm going to be a man. Amen. I'm going to hold on. Amen. I got people depending on me. I got things that, I I got places I got to go. I got children I need to raise. Amen. I got things I got to do. I cannot quit right here. I cannot give up right here. I cannot be depressed right here. I don't have time. I got to get up, God. 
send me a friend. God, send me an answer to my prayer. God, pick me up. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's lift our hands right now and pray. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, I praise you. Oh, God, I praise you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Somebody say amen. We're almost done. Amen. Genesis 37, 28. Amen. It's very possible for God to get you out of the pit. Mm-hmm. Somebody say amen. 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 In Genesis 37, chapter 28, what we are looking at is the story of the patriarch Joseph in his early years. Right. And his brothers betray him. Uh-huh. And uh, at first they think, let's kill this guy. But then they say, no, you know, human trafficking pays. So let's sell him. And so they throw him in a pit. And the, the scripture doesn't say this, but I, I'm going to go ahead and make the, the audacious assumption that he probably prayed in the pit. <laughs> I'm going to say that when he was down there, somebody said, oh, God, help me. And you know what happens? A wagon, the Bible says a wagon or a band of Ishmaelites comes strolling down the road. Now, you know, the Bible writes in a certain format known as dramatic irony. And what that means is that the reader is given a bird's eye view of what's going on. So the, the subject inside the story doesn't know what's happening, but you as the reader does. And so we all know that Joseph is going to end up the ruler of Egypt. We know that. But Joseph doesn't know that in the pit. But in order for Joseph to end up the ruler of Egypt, he's got to get to Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, God is not asking him for his preferred form of transportation. Uh-huh. God is not asking him, would you like to do this in a Prius or a Lexus? Would you like to do this in a Honda or a Pinto? I'm dating myself now. If you don't know what a Pinto is, I'll leave. Amen. Uh, uh, do you want to do this, amen, on a bus pass, amen, or in a limousine? Hallelujah. Uh-huh. But here comes this band of Ishmaelites, and it, it, they buy Joseph. And there's no doubt in Joseph's mind as he gets shackled, amen, and as he gets thrown in the wagon and treated like a piece of meat, and he sees the country where he was raised. He sees the farmlands that he once worked the fields with his brothers, and he maybe even from a distance can see the tent of his father and his family. Perhaps he could still even, amen, smell the familiar smells of home as he's being dragged away, and he's thinking, this is the worst thing that has ever happened in my life. This is the worst, amen, this this is now not just a literal pit. I am now in an existential pit. Amen. I, I am now, amen, in the pits. Amen. I'm being treated like a savage animal. I'm being shackled and thrown in uh, into this wagon and I'm going to be sold as a slave. And who knows what's going to happen to me. In fact, Joseph had probably very little idea what would happen to him from one day to the next. And he ends up in Potiphar's house. And there he is accused falsely after serving for several years. And then, amen, he is thrown in jail for a 
second time. And he seems to be going, amen, from valley to valley, from low to low. Amen. But through it all, amen, uh, we, and I'm not going to get into the whole story. He gets taken into the palace and he is made the second in command of the then most powerful nation in the world. Amen. And he finally is reunited with his family because this is what God can do. He is reunited with his family. And when he is reunited with them now, Joseph has the bird's eye view and he tells them what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And he sent me here ahead of you that many souls might be saved. Amen. And, and, and what Joseph is declaring here is, amen, something very profound somewhere from the wagon to Potiphar's to the jail cells to the false accusations and into Pharaoh's courts. He realized, amen, that was a miracle that happened back there with that wagon. I didn't want to get taken into destiny, amen, on a bus pass. I didn't want to, I didn't want to get to the greatest, highest point of my life, amen, in a pinto. But that's just a vehicle God chose. Hallelujah. Had I chose, maybe I would have chose a luxury vehicle, but God got me here on Uber. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. This is just, you, you don't get to choose the means of transportation to come out of the pit. Amen. Amen. But I can tell you this much, you'll get out of the pit. And if you could just be a little humble. If you could just be a little humble. Amen. And recognize that sometimes God pulls me out below, amen, my, my style grade, below, amen, my expectations. Perhaps God is going to pull me out of this mess, amen, hallelujah, in a jean skirt, amen. Perhaps I'm going to get out of this, hallelujah, on just, you know, on just scraps, but I'm getting out of this, amen, because God pulls people out of pits. That's not impossible, that's possible. Amen. That's what God does, that's what God can do. You know, at some point, I'm going to tell you right now, as a pastor, as a, as a person who's been living for God several years, and I'm closing up. Brother Jesse, why don't you come in? Amen. Let's, let's bless these people. Amen. But let me say this as we're closing. As a pastor, as a preacher, as, as, as a saint of God, one of the things that I've seen people do over and over again is let their preferences Get in the way of, of getting out of it. You know, don't, don't let the preferences keep you from getting out of the pit. Well, that's, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to drive that. I don't want to live there. I don't want to wear that. I don't want to marry him. Praise God. I still got quiet. I don't want to marry her. And I'm not telling you, you know, we all get scared. You know, God's going to send you to some person who just needs a lot of fellowship. You know, we all, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about where your laundry list is so long mm-hmm. that ain't nobody going to get through. I'm still talking good. I'm still preaching good. I know I might be stepping on your shoes, but I'm, I'm preaching good. You know, I, I told, I was telling me and Jamie were reminiscing about right before we got married. And I'm telling you, I, I, had, I had all kinds of jobs, you know, prior to getting married. And I remember right before I got married, right before I went full time in the ministry, I remember I had like the worst jobs I ever had. I mean, it just seemed like 
they kept getting worse. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to get married and I'm trying to make things happen. And I'm trying to live for God and I'm trying to be faithful. And, and I'm landing these worst jobs. And I remember um, one day I was I was working at this paint store at Kelly Moore Paints. And I was, I never thought I'd do this. I was like, man, I'm a smart guy. I don't need to be busting five gallon buckets of paint around and and I just felt so humiliated and so so down and here I am I'm trying to marry this girl and and I'm just barely making it and I remember one day I was like just hauling these five gallon buckets of paint and I threw my back out and I fell on the ground I was crying and screaming and I remember as I was laying on the ground and all my crying and all my shame I said, God, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes to reach my destination. Hallelujah. I don't care how low I got to go. I don't care how humiliated I feel. I'm not going to have a laundry list for you. I'm going to have high expectations of God. But I just know that sometimes you get delivered in wagons. Yeah. Come on. Hallelujah. Sometimes all God is looking for. I mean, we, we think in our, in our minds, God is going to give me the absolute worst. I'm going to have to go through horrible things. And sometimes really all God is looking for is, I will do anything. I will not have an attitude with you. I won't tell you what you can and cannot do. I won't tell you when you have to do it. Thy will be done. Hallelujah. It's getting quiet on me. I'm still preaching good. <laughs> and a lot of times when, you know, that's what God did with Abraham. He said, Abraham, bring me your son. I know, I know it's your only son, but bring him to me. And the minute that Abraham brought that boy to God, God said, I know you fear me. I know, I know you don't put anything between us. When we can put the preferences aside, I'm telling you, we'll come out the pits a lot quicker. When we just say, God, let's lift our hands right now and pray. Jesus. Come on. God's really talking to somebody right now. Oh, Jesus. Let's all stand to our feet. Come on, lift your hands right now. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift their hands and say, God, thy will.
this is probably this is probably one of the harshest things you'll ever hear me say I think it's offensive when we tell God just when we think that like we have the right to ask for these customized miracles I'd like it right around December, you know, with, you know, you know, you can customize everything these days, your web browser, your hamburger, your cell phone, your, your shoes, everything's customizable, but you know, when we, when we, when we have that attitude towards God, I think we, we are, we are downplaying the fact that he knows us better than we know ourselves. And that he has a full orb understanding of our situation and our circumstances. And that whatever he does has taken everything into account. And I have now lived for God long enough to tell you I am so glad he didn't answer all my prayers. Because I didn't really know what was best for me. And I didn't really know what was good for me. I thought I knew. But really, God knows. God knows. Somebody say that God knows what's best for me. Come on, say that God knows what's best for me. Give the Lord a hand, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord bless you. We love you. Amen. Let God have His way in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Hug one another's neck. Tell everybody you were glad you came to church today. You were glad you saw. Amen.